Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Welcome back to the February 2018 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from St. Vincent's Hospital in Sydney. My name is Damien Marucci. I'm here with Dr. James Doherty. We are discussing optimising post-surgical scars, a systematic review on best practice in preventative scar management by Perez and Rorick. It was published in the uh, December 2017 PRS. So, James, what was this study about? The basic issue here is, what is the best contemporary evidence in preventative scar management available to the plastic and reconstructive surgeon? So the study type was designed as a systematic review of clinical trials, and the study inclusion criteria was that it must be a clinical trial published within the last 10 years with follow-up of greater than three months. It has to be human subjects only with post-surgical scars. The exclusion criteria, non-English speaking uh, written papers, preliminary data, experimental modalities, unique scar populations such as peds, burns, scars, keloids and acne, they were all excluded. Now, a Medline search initially yielded 13,101 articles, which then, when compared to the inclusion and exclusion criteria, yielded only 12 studies. That's 0.09%. So then, moving on to the measures. Due to the heterogeneity of the data presented in these 12 papers that had passed the study inclusion criteria, it was impossible for the authors to perform a numerical meta-analysis. Thus, they proceeded to provide a narrative review of the papers, and that's what's presented here. So there were no statistics, and the results I've divided up into topical scar management, light and laser therapy, and then compressive therapy or mechanomodulation. So starting with topical scar management, The main take-home points here were, one, use of silicon gel improves scar maturation with regard to colour and texture, decreases pathological scarring rates, and this was when compared to zinc oxide or no scar treatment at all. Two, cyanoacrylate glue might be better than silicon gel in preventing scar widening, but it had to be applied every three days for a number of weeks to months. Three, silicon sheets in the available evidence that's out there from the last 10 years does not appear to alter scar appearance from the perspective of a patient who has a history of normal wound healing. Now, silicon sheeting studies have always been confounded by a degree of patient non-compliance. So moving on to light and laser therapy. They found that in the studies, non-ablative fractional laser improves the texture and pliability of incisions and full thickness grafts on the face and neck when compared to no treatment at all. However, non-ablative fractional laser comes with a considerable number of short-term side effects that the patient may not want to endure. Two, combined pulse dye laser and ND YAG laser therapy starting on the day of suture removal is a safe and effective method in improving the quality and cosmesis of a surgical scar. And three, in high-risk ethnic groups, 532 nanometer and 1550 nanometer erbium laser treatment are effective in improving scar appearance. Moving on to compressive therapy. 
one device, the Embrace silicon elastomeric dressing, was evaluated in two separate RCT trials, which showed a statistically significant improvement in pigmentation, pliability, relief, roughness, and vascularity for this specific dressing. It should, however, be noted that one of these studies only had 12 patients and the other 36. So these are small studies without a great degree of power. So in conclusion, the authors have presented us with a preventative post-surgical scar management algorithm, which is based on the best available evidence from the last 10 years. The good thing is, this is a sustained effort by the authors to find the best data that is available to us as a specialty on scar management. This is what we have from the last 10 years, which leads to the problems with this study. This is what we have from the last 10 years. There is nothing more. These 12 papers are a reduction of all the data that is available to the field of plastic and reconstructive surgery for scar management. So for a fun, uh, this problem, which is so fundamental to our field, there is just a dearth of quality data available regarding this subject. So the take home message is, based on the current evidence, you've got to look at a multimodal post-surgical preventative scar management algorithm, and that's been provided to us based on the latest evidence. Interestingly, silicon sheet evidence suggests that there is no alteration of scar appearance from the perspective of a patient with a history of normal wound healing. So overall, there's no one-size-fits-all approach to scar management, but this algorithm may give us a cause to look at where we can direct our further research. Yeah. Thanks. That's an excellent summary of uh, of that paper. And you know, I mean, in the journal club meeting we had this evening, everyone basically concurred with everything you just said. Then, um, it is amazing that such an important aspect of our work as plastic surgeons, namely scar formation and its minimisation, has only uh, such a, a small number of, of well conducted trials in the last number of years. And as was mentioned during the journal club. You know, they always say that research is done in areas where there's a lot of money. I would have thought there's a lot of money to be made in uh, optimising scar management, uh, yet the number of studies is very small. Is that because uh, that there are actually very few things that actually help um, modify scars afterwards? Uh, it would be interesting to see whether this particular study leads to more prospective randomised control trials which can help uh, guide our choices for scar management in the future. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.